kind of odd, you know, that silence can teach you the greatest lessons. And we know that God knows us better than we know us. So if he uh, wants the best for us and knows us the best, he knows when silence is needed, right? So if he determines to be silent for whatever that thing is and gives us time to reflect and do our thing and all these different things, the Holy Spirit is still inside teaching and working and molding and shaping. And I know that I've come out of those things, oddly enough, stronger and better and everything because of it. So all that being said, you know, sometimes there's not a definitive answer of why God is silent in those times. But we know when, when he is, we just keep keep moving, you know, keep moving keep praying worshiping calling out to him and all these different things and never stop put you know start backing up from uh from him and thinking doubting and letting all that creep in because you know that opens up a whole nother can of worms because it can lead to doubt and like well maybe i maybe i'm not saying maybe he don't love me maybe this it's never none of those things i can promise you that so we just had to keep on doing what we're doing you know seeking god and serving god as if Nothing's going on, and let him do his thing. But uh, uh, you know, I, I shared that with him, and then I shared, you know, like you know, sometimes you know it's you know sin in our lives. Sometimes it's uh, just those other things. Where I, I don't know. I don't know why God is that. All I can tell you is just stay firm, weed out all those other things, and do the best that you can do, and stay strong in the Lord. So that stemmed me thinking, you know. Uh, I would label this a spirit-filled life is what we need to be seeking to achieve. Uh, a spirit-filled life so that we can allow the spirit to use us as a vessel to reveal the mighty word and power of God. Amen. Yeah. And the the more that we serve God and the closer that we draw to God and all these different things, that is just creating that vessel that the Holy Spirit can use to display God's power through us his word through us and all these things to the lost in the world out there that they so desperately need. You know, we talk all the time about the end days and that we believe that we're living in the last days. And I've said this and I'm going to say it probably every time I'm up here, you'll probably get tired of hearing it. But if we really believe that we're living in the last days, our mouth should never be shut when we leave these doors. We should be trying to drag them in here by the britches loops if we have to, to bring them to the knowledge the salvation and the knowledge of a saving God that loves them. And it's not all this stuff that the world piles on you and all these different things. God loves you and he wants to see everyone, you know, in his kingdom. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that's pretty, pretty plain and simple. You know, I mean, when you're, consumed and full of the spirit it's kind of hard to to give in to the flesh at that point and same thing on over there there's so much we can read into that and i've I've got time to go in all of this but then it says the other thing too you know if we're walking in the flesh it's kind of hard to fulfill the spirit right because we're so consumed with one or the other but walking in the flesh is one of the things that hinders the work of the holy spirit and grieves him and makes us stagnant and unfruitful in our lives for god you know, I'll be the first to raise my hand on this. I'm guilty of this, too. You know, I've been guilty before of getting caught up in different things, and my thoughts take the best of me, and the next thing I know, I'm in the flesh, and then you can definitely tell that there's a separation between me and God. So I know that. I ain't got a question. I ain't got to wonder why. I know why. Like, because I got in me for a minute, and I have to get back out of me and bring it back in over here to get back walking in the uh, Spirit. Because when we're walking in that spirit, fully consumed, hand in hand with Christ, it's hard to let sin creep in in those times. But it's when we let go of his hand and start kind of taking that step back or whatever that all these other things creep in. And if y'all want, you can read on down through there. There's a whole list of those things where, uh, that can go in detail of what those are. But sin is sin. We know that. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility 
of their mind. I was wanting to read this other. I about forgot all about that. I was going to read it out of this other. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation to take some of that. I just like the way it read. Saying the same thing, so don't think I'm trying to say something that ain't scripture. I'm going to have to get some glasses. I'm fighting it and fighting it. <laughs> It'll help if I get in the right chapter. That ain't it. Here we go. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. You know, all of us have lived that at some point in our life. You know, uh, prior to God, we was definitely that, right? That's what He's saying. Don't, don't live no longer as they do. Don't live no longer how you lived before, right? Here's why I like the, this version better of the way he, said, he says in 19. He says, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Amen? Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Amen? I pray that all the time, you know, Lord, renew my mind, you know, because uh, like I said a, a lot, this is where it all starts. This is where your success and failure comes is from this old brain up there, your mind. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So when we put on that new man, you know, we put on, uh, when we we had that new birth and all these things. Now the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. You know, the old man is buried and gone. That's what a picture of baptism is, you know, is uh, the old life that we used to live. You know, we're living and now we're buried. We come back to life raised as a new man, you know. So it's a picture. Baptism is a picture of us going into the grave, putting that old man into the grave and coming out with someone new, that new birth that we have. And then he goes on to say, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. You know, we all know that anger, that's just opening the door. You know, if you're holding anger and resentment and, you know, anger, resentment and all these other things that we have towards people, that all begins as anger and it just... any. Sin left unchecked just grows and grows and expounds, and then it becomes a poison and all these different things inside of us. And that, So that's just basically cracking the door for Satan to step in there and run rampant with our mind and all these different things. So I think it was Brother David said, used to hear him say a lot that about the, that particular verse about the not letting the sun go down on your anger and different things where no matter what, you know, you always think him and Loretta's had a perfect marriage and never argued. And uh, But, you know, when those things arise, you know, they made it a point in their marriage, that particular verse, to not go to bed still angry, to not whatever, you know, to get whatever handled before bedtime. And that's always stuck in my brain, and that's what I want in my life as well. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Pretty simple, right? Instead, use your hands for good hard work. Here's the part I struggle with. Then give generously to others in need. Because we come into the part, you know, if not people that we know and we love, you know, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But like people that you don't know, you know, that you see on the corner needing help or coming to you for help and all these different things. And your mind always tries to validate not doing any of those things. Well, they're just going to go do this with it. Well, uh, God didn't tell you to worry about what they're doing with it, did he? He says to... Matter of fact, he says, give to them anyway and not worry about those things. He said, you know, you're just called to give. You know, I've blessed you so you can be a blessing. You know, so many times we want to look at this as, uh, 
use your hands for good hard work because I need a new boat or use these things because I need a new hunting rifle or all these different things, all these tangible things that we want in our life and to buy our bigger cars and all these different things. That's not why God blesses us. You know, he blesses us to, to have what we need and then to help others around us and share his life. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I think, let's see. Let me look at one thing real quick. Yeah, and like the New Kings where he says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, that corrupt words uh, can mean so many different things. You know, I've heard it just mean uh, curse words or all these different things. No, it's any kind of thing. You know, it goes on into it. And over in Galatians, I think he even goes in deeper of it of like gesturing and all that. That's why I struggle with it. I'm a jokester. Like, I like to cut up. I like jokes, you know, and all these different things. You know, I've cut out all the nasty jokes. But I'm saying, like, those really don't even benefit anything, you know, like regular whatever, you know, because I'm not really edifying anybody, but, you know, that's just how I am. I like to joke and cut up and have a good time. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it can get to a point where that's all you're doing. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So when we really think of that, you know, how has God forgiven you? How has God forgiven us? I'd be up here for about a month straight if I could go in into all that for me, myself. So I have no reason to hold anything against anybody and to not forgive anybody for anything because if God can forgive me for all my junk, then I have no reason to not forgive anyone else. So in closing, this world has enough craziness without us adding to it. Amen. So let's strive to be filled with the Spirit of God and walk in His ways to show the world something different and draw them to the light, which is Christ Jesus, for salvation and redemption. Amen. Amen. Y'all, y'all here this morning? Everybody awake? Y'all for quiet. I see some yawning. Just, yeah, I know. It wasn't you this time. I think it moved forward just a couple rows. But I'm just making sure it was quiet while JJ was talking. I, I hope that y'all were just so intent on what he was saying you couldn't you couldn't say anything else. But you know it's okay in church to be a little loud. We can we can say amen. We can say oh me, oh my. You know it's it's okay. I promise. But it's good to see y'all. I'm glad you're here. Because if you wasn't here, then you wouldn't have the opportunity to say anything, right? So I'm glad you're here this morning. Again, as JJ said, don't forget tonight at 6.30 to 8.30 at South Park. Um, us and Steve Cannon of the Baptist Church, we'll have the hamburgers and hot dogs and buns and ketchup and mustard and stuff. So if you want to bring, um, and I'll have a cooler with some waters in it and stuff. I don't know what he's got for that, but bring some chips or something. It depends on whether I heard potato salad last time we talked about this. I, I personally would not be eating a bunch of potato salad and go and play wiffle ball. That's just me. You know, may not be a good combination. So, you know, cookies, something like that, and um, and we'll have a good time um, enjoying the fellowship with each other and and with with Steve Cannon and all them at the Baptist Church and and just have a good time together. So y'all come on for that tonight. <laughs> I guess if you're not going to play, then you can eat some potato salad. And you can eat potato salad if you play. That's just up to you. I just, I'm not going to clean up after you. So, um, but all right. Anything else just now? 6.30 to 8.30. 6.30 to 8.30. Don't want to get nobody's bedtime with it. Everybody good with that? All right, just making sure. Y'all here, y'all are quiet. No laughing, no nothing this morning. Goodness. I mean, all right. Amen. Well, y'all, 
If you're excited to be here, let's do this. Let's get some motion in it. Clap your hands. Give the Lord a hand clap over. There we go. Hey, we got some participation this morning. I like it. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's receive our offering just now. All right. We can clap about that too. Um, as as I get everything ready this morning, my my cousin Tim, y'all y'all have met him and know him. Um, his wife Jane, we prayed for her before. She's had some been some fluid that she gets keeping taken off of her a lot, and so she had some fluid taken off Friday. And and he asked, he texted me this morning and asked that we pray for her. her name is Jane. Um, as um, as she's real sore this morning from that procedure on Friday, and he asked for us to pray for her, so we will. Also, um, I know you women saw it, I'm sure, in y'all's little group text that Levi, which he's he's home from the emergency room, right? I'm guessing. Do y'all know? Okay. Well, so there was Levi uh, Knowles was at uh, the emergency room yesterday evening, last night for um, headache and vomiting and stuff. So we remember him in prayer, and then. Cameron this morning, Danielle's little boy is running a fever, so remember them as we pray this morning. Anything else right now before we pray? Yes, sir. Ginger, she's hurting this morning. Well, remember Ginger this morning for sure. All right. Yes, ma'am. What is their name? Kelly. Okay. All right. All right. So y'all heard all these prayers and the names. So let's just uh, lift these up to God as we pray this morning and um, ask God's blessings on this service as we go along today. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this time together, for you, for the word that's already come forth this morning, Father, that, that we just, our, our, our hearts and our minds and our souls are built up by it because of hearing your word and our faith is built up, God, that we can go out and we can do what the word of God says. Father, and that we can proclaim Your Word, that we can be bold in our faith each and every day out in this world as You've called us to be, Father, and, and live this life, as we're going to talk about this morning, with purpose and, and, and passion, Father. God, that we just live our life in You boldly as, as You've called for us to do, Father. We lift these needs up to You right now. We pray for Jane in Arkansas this morning, God, that You touch her that you bring health and healing to her right now, and this fluid's gone, and the soreness from this procedure is gone, and, and Father, she can just get up and rise up, and, and Father, trusting in you, and, and know that she is healed right now. We thank you for it. Pray for Levi right now, that you continue to touch him, whatever's going on in his body, and, and Father, you just continue to heal and make whole in that whole situation. Thank you, Father. Be with Cameron this morning. That this we, we tell this fever to go in the name of Jesus. We have... Use your name, Jesus, as the name above all names. And, Father, we know that you're the healer and that you're working in his little body right now. God, we lift up Kelly to you right now, Father, with this diagnosis of MS. Father, we know that the doctors are diagnosed with stuff, but we know that, again, you are the great physician. You are the great healer, God. And during this time that she looked to you, trust in you right now, God, that, that they can see the healing come and, and this thing not spread and God, we just thank you for it. And, and you call it done in her life. As we're going on this service right now, God, be with us. God, that we intently come and, and, and purpose ourselves to listen today intently on the Word of God. And with open in mind and clarity, Father, that, that we can receive what you have for us today, God. And we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. God, we, uh, we just bless this time of tithes and offerings. God, that you just touch and bless each and every one in here. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, join with me right now. I forgot Ginger. I, I want to lift her up because I know that she's in pain and hurting this morning. So, Heavenly Father, we come and we lift Ginger up to you right now. That you touch her at home where she's at. God, that you just work in her life, bring 
healing and health right now, that this pain is gone in the back and the nerves, whatever's going on, God, you know it, and that she looks and trusts in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did I forget anything else? We're good? At least five. I keep my comments to myself. Children can go to children's church. See, y'all women heard that, men, whoever cooked. I guess this is only, it's not just the women, right? It's the men also. Okay. We do. We do. Amen. Do you cook five meals, JJ? <laughs> Barbecue, lemon pepper, whatever. <laughs> All right. Amen. Well, last week, you know, we we finished up talking about the keys of the kingdom. We talked about binding and loosing and forbidding and and making to um, and allowing something. So so when we say we bind something or loose something, we we put that out in the aspect of we. of, of we forbid it or we, we loosed it, we allowed it to happen. And, and we can get further into that, but I want to kind of change directions. Not, not change directions, we're still talking about the Word of God. This is all Jesus, this is all the Bible, this is all God spoken and God directed. But do you realize, because we lose sight of this, that you were made for a purpose? Everybody realize that. Understand. You understand that that you're not just here on a whim. Right? You get that, right? You wasn't somebody say, Well, we accidentally got pregnant. No, God didn't somebody didn't get pregnant, then God say, I forgot that they were going to be born. Let me let me see what I got for them. No, he knows about everything. We know that God has put in place and we all understand how life is conceived. And it's still a miracle that that happens, that that woman can carry that baby for nine months and, and, and supply its need from inside and, and it's born. And, but, and God put that into place from the beginning. And, and so we know that, that each time that that happens, that that's a miracle of God taking place in, in, that, in that person's life. And so every, every child is, is a miracle from heaven. So God, as we've said a lot of times, does not make mistakes. And, and you, you know, the question comes, every time that comes up, well, what about children that are born with defects? What about, you know, some mental challenges? What about this? What about that? I, this is, okay, this is me and, and what we read in the Word of God. God made man perfect, right? Because man was made in the image of God. We were, we were created in the image of God. So God is perfect. We was created perfect initially. What happened after man was created? Sin. So with sin happening, made everything that God created perfect, and we allowed sin to come into the world, things become imperfect, right? Because as we know, because we're imperfect beings now, that we cannot be in the presence of God and Him be right here in our face and live. We we know that from reading God's Word. But He still allows for people to be born. You know, the, the title, Made on Purpose for a Purpose. So we're made on purpose. Nobody's an accident. Nobody just happened up here one day. You know, nobody in here, I don't think, was beamed down from as an alien, right? And you just happened to be in a form of a body of a human. Nobody. So we know that. But we're made not just only on purpose, we're made for a purpose. But Jesus was asked about somebody being born with a defect. Somebody being born... You know, with something wrong in their life. This, this exact person we're going to read about right now was, was blind. And his own disciples asked him this. And, and so in John chapter 9, we'll start right here. In John chapter 9 and verse 1, Jesus and the disciples were walking. And it says, Now as Jesus passed by, 
he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? So in their mind back then, if somebody was born not perfect, you know, they, they had a mental um, problem or a physical problem in their life, they took it as, well, somebody in their mom or dad sinned. And God's punishing them for their sin in their life. Well, he's not done that at all. But Jesus' response was, he said, he said who sinned, this, man's, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And so that neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God should be revealed to him. And so, in other words, no sin happened where in this particular man's life, which doesn't make sense anyway, because how can a baby sin? Right? So that, that, that makes no sense anyway. If he was born blind, then he didn't have a chance to sin before he knew what sin was. Because we're born as children, we know, and they do have an innocent mind. They don't know right from wrong. They don't know these things. But he said, though, that the works of God should be revealed to him, or in other words, so that my power can be revealed on this earth. And you say, well, why isn't everybody getting healed? Well, why isn't everybody getting saved? Why hasn't everybody come to the knowledge of Christ? Why aren't churches filled this morning? Why don't we live a perfect life every day? Because, sure, God still works and still moves. I believe that. I believe miracles still happen. I believe that through somebody being born with a whatever's going on in their life, God can work and move and still trust in Him, and, and we can see God through those situations and work through that no matter what. And what we think should be a perfect world, a perfect life, nobody's perfect, so how can we say what's perfect? We compare ourselves to Jesus. We're not perfect. But we compare ourselves to somebody with a challenge in their life. Then we think, well, they, they just got it, you know, all kinds of bad. Well, they do a lot of times. But God can still work through that. God can still heal. God can still make whole. And it, it could start with making you whole without with seeing God in their life instead of seeing what, what, what disability they're dealing with. So, so we're not going to go there. We're not staying there because God, I don't believe God made... Somebody with a, something wrong in their life on purpose, okay? But they have a purpose here. And a lot of times that purpose is to see God work through them so you can see something from God through that person. Does that make sense this morning? Okay. All right. He said, I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day, and the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So we know that. But what I want to get there, his parents, nobody sinned for that to happen. Nobody did wrong for that to happen. So we know that when sin entered the world, the perfect creation God made was no longer perfect. Man was no longer perfect. Adam and Eve saw right then that they, that they were in sin. They needed to cover up their sin. They needed to cover up these things in their life and, and hide from God as we do a lot of times when we sin in our life. We want to run and hide. When we're living a way that we know we shouldn't be living and allowing things, as J.J. said, with all these chains that come in, we want to try to run and hide in a dark corner so we don't bring our sin to light when that's where they need to be because if our sin's not brought to light, then God can't, can't forgive us as we need to because we're not wanting forgiveness of them. We're not wanting broken of these chains. And so we're here because God purposed each and every one of us to be here. God knew from the beginning of time who was going to be here on this earth July 9th, 2023 at 11 a.m. at Victor Fellowship Church. You say, well, how is that? Because God's got an infinite mind. Because God doesn't work on our time frame. But He knew that you were going to be here listening to the Word of God this morning. And, and so that doesn't mean you were predestined to be here. No, you were predestined to to be on this earth. You made the choice to love God. You made the choice to accept Him this morning. So, He knew this because we can find that in the book of Jeremiah. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb, just as He told Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4, He said, God, then the word of the Lord came to me, and that's Jeremiah talking, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know, I, used, I, t I tell people, you know, that was before my time. You know, when they talk about something, you know, I, I said I wouldn't even thought of then. Actually, if I say that, then I'm not speaking truth because I was thought of because God knew I was going to be here. 
So, but in this world, I wasn't thought of yet. And, and so, you know, God knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knew we was going to be here. He knew what was going to take place. Because He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful. And we try to wrap our minds, our finite minds, around an infinite being, we can't do it. Because it, it, we just can't fathom how God knows all this. But yet, you know, and then... We'll say, well, if he knew I was going to be here, if he knew what my life was going to be and how it was going to take place, then why did all these bad things happen? Why did bad things happen in my life? God's not putting bad things on you again. We talk about this a lot. You're allowing these things to happen in your life by the choices that you make. Did God know you was going to make those choices? Well, I'm sure. If he didn't, then he, wouldn't, he couldn't say that he was an all-knowing, all-seeing God, right? Well, how do I keep from making other things come on in my life? Well, you can't stop loved ones from leaving this world, right? But again, through that, you can see God work and move. You can see Him work and move in your own life to where you can grow stronger in your relationship with Him and see Him work through whatever is going on. As, as Hallie was singing this morning, a praise, praising God. That's what was 150 psalms of praise, right? A praise. David praised a lot. David, you know, made himself praise and, and postured himself in that praise and praised to God on purpose. Not just an accident. It wasn't just, oh, I accidentally praised today. No, if you praise God, then you praised on purpose. And we're going to talk more about that coming, not today. All right. So, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to all nations. Now, this last part was to Jeremiah, but this first part is to everybody. He knew us before we were born. He wants us to be justified by coming to the knowledge of Him and repenting of our sins. Where He can begin a sanctification process in us that we walk in and strive for each and every day in our life. So, there's a process which God is in place. We know that, that this is how baby's born. And so we, we come and we know that we've got to realize that we just didn't come to God on a whim, right? We didn't come to God and ask Him, hey, just one day out of the blue. And we may have, but there was a purpose in that. Because we realized we needed God in our life. But He's got you here for a purpose. And, you know, you could say, well, what about in my life? What if I've messed up His purpose for me? You're still here, right? So if you're still here, then the purpose He has you here for on this earth through and, and what He wants you to do in His kingdom and through Him and, and what He gives you power to do, you still have the ability and opportunity to do that no matter what's happened in your past. Because we ask God to forgive us for our sins, He forgives us of our past, right? So we need to get away from our past and start living here in the presence of God. And our past is going to be in our past. Let it stay there and not, and not just toil over that and, and think, well, I, I've just messed up everything God's wanted, God had for me. No, you haven't. If you stay in that mindset, in that situation in your own life, then yet yeah, you'll, never, you'll never do what God's called you to do. And we say, well, I don't know what God's called me to do. And a lot of people don't want to know what really God's called them to do because then they would, might have to act on it. Then they might have to uh, do something different in their life. You say, well, and so we're not going to get into what God's called everybody to do. You need to pray and find out what God has for you in your life. So we're going to learn more about that because we're made on purpose for a purpose. We all know that we're born into a sinful world. Well, I wish that when, you know, even though I was raised in church, accepted Jesus as a, as a young child, Every day when I wake up is, is, we all know that we struggle with, hey, we're going to do right today or we're going to do wrong. That time's in your life. We're going to make the right choice or we're going to do what we want to. Because what we won't do ain't always the right choice. So we know that born into this sinful world, we're not, we're born with a sinful nature. We're not born with a nature that we're going to worship and praise God as we should each and every day, right? We're not, we're not going to. 
And, and I wish it was that easy. I wish that we could. I wish that we, we could accept God as our Lord and Savior and, and then we'd never do anything wrong again. But we know that's not the case. Why? Because of our sinful nature of this world that we're born into, that this flesh is born into. And as J.J. read in Galatians chapter 5, the, flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the spirit, you know, they war after each other all the time. When Jesus came, He didn't just come just to plants around from here to there and say, hey, I'm the Son of God. Jesus came for a purpose. And His sole purpose was that we would have a way to spend eternity with Him. And, and we, we'll read in John chapter 3. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, starting in verse 1 of John 3. Let me say this first. No matter what area or stage of life that you're in, right now, and just in your earthly life, if you're a parent, your purpose in life right now is to provide, help provide for your family. To love your spouse as you're supposed to, right? To love God as you're supposed to. That's, that's your purpose. You're created for this purpose right now. If you're a child growing up, you say, well, does our purpose change? Our purpose in this life change, our purpose for God He's got, it, it should be the same. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? That should be our purpose for Him. So we're made with a purpose here, and if you're in school, your purpose is to be the best student at whatever school you're in, carrying the name of God with you. Just like as us as parents should be carrying the name of God with us on our workplace each and every day, purposing to live a life that God's called us to live and striving for that. And also, children... Young people, I won't say children because they're all the teenagers and young adults in here this morning. Your purpose right now in your life that you have, that God has set, is to obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So whether you're still a teenager in school or you're in college, if you're still at home, you still obey them because they're still your parents at home. So that's your purpose right now. We need to strive for that. We need to strive as adults to show the younger generation how that we should live on purpose every day. We should live with a purpose to, to love God and love others as He's called us to, where they can see that and we can instill that in their lives and they can go on living a life that God has for them in school or wherever part of their life they're at. Just Nicodemus, we know, comes to Jesus by night, right? He was one of the Pharisees, one of the religious leaders that I can't go to Jesus where everybody can see me because I'll be ridiculed, I'll be kicked out. And so we come by night. So verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless, unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again. Born again. And, and so we know that we're born into the sinful world. We know that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, this, can, I, can I stop right here? Can I call you out for a second, Aubrey? Okay. All right. She's shaking her head yes. Right. Last Sunday after church, Aubrey came and accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. So, amen. Amen. Yeah. That's right. So she did this. She got born again last Sunday. She was born again. She, accept, she said, hey, God, I, I realize in my life I need you. I need you to forgive me my sins. Come in and be Lord of my life. Live in my heart. Reign free as you need to. And so, in essence, he, she was born again. So, with her being born again, she can be used for God's purpose and plan that he has for her. Before that, she couldn't because she wasn't, as we talked about last week, we're all, we're not, we, people say, well, we're just all children of God. No, we're all made in God's image. But until we come into what she done last week, she is a child of God now, just as we are that have accepted Him. And so with that, He can purpose and plan what He has for her in her life. Now she has to still, just as we do, accept that and walk in it each and every day and, and want to know what, what all God has for us. So He said He cannot see the kingdom of God unless He's born again. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into a mother's womb and be born? We all know that's, that's preposterous. It just don't make any sense. Just as it didn't make sense for Nicodemus to hear this, be born again. 
washed clean, made new. He said, Jesus, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. It's like babies are born. It's flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so do not marvel that I said you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear... You hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and whether it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So when we're born again through Christ, through His blood, through the resurrection, then we're now got the Spirit of God inside of us. And it's still hard for our, our, our little minds, I know, to fathom that. You say, well, I, I've accepted Jesus. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good in my life. No, everything, all the problems you had before you accepted Jesus, guess what? They're still there the next day. Now you have the Spirit of God living inside of you so you can help combat those things in your life and help move on from those things, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our salvation, and trusting in Him. The problems in this life are still real. Why? Because we're flesh. And they're real inside of us. They're real right there in front of us. We see them. We know they're there in our life. But now, since Jesus is Lord of our life, we can combat those things with the name of Jesus and say, you have no authority over me anymore. We can do, as we've talked about a lot, and J.J. said it this morning, take control of our mind and our thoughts and limit what we let stay there and tell them things to go through the name of Jesus. Because we're born of the Spirit now. And so, so we're, we know that, that we get to that point and then it's still not natural to us a lot of times. We still have issues in our life. We still have problems. We still have times where we slip and fall and stumble and, and wonder where God's at. Is, you know, not talking to us. We don't hear Him. And we have to come back. And this should be a prayer as David prayed. We read this a few weeks ago. Every day in our life. I prayed it again this morning in Psalms chapter 51 because of our human nature, of our sinful nature. We need this in our life every day. We need to pray this every day. Create in me a clean heart. Well, I thought that when Jesus come in, He cleansed my heart. He did, but what are you still allowing in? So we need a cleansed heart every day. We need to cleanse ourselves. Hey, create in me a clean heart. Why, why would David say this? Because... If that was there, then nothing would need to be created, right? So when God created everything in this world, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planet, the whole galaxy, it was void. So He had to create something. So if something's already there, why would you have to create it? Creating is bringing something out of nothing, right? And so if, if, if our clean heart was there every day, as it needs to be before God, then why would David say, hey, create in me this? Create this in me. Why? Because I need it there. Because there's times in all of our life to where it gets corrupt. And we need creation to come in. And God say, hey, God, created me a clean heart. I renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew that. I need created in my life. My love, I need to come back to my first love. And our first love is not our first girlfriend or boyfriend that, and nothing of that. Our first love is Jesus. Our first love is Him. Come back to that passion and that desire we had for Him whenever we accepted Him and wanted to know more about Him and created us every day to where we can overcome everything that comes along in our life. And so we, got it. we, we, want, we need God to create that in us. Create that in us because we're born in this sinful world. So Jesus, we know, He didn't just go from here to there just on a whim. You know, he's not, He wasn't a hippie Jesus. He wasn't just fun-loving, just everybody. No, because we know that Jesus was here for a purpose. He lived His life every day on purpose. When He went to the Samaria, to that town, it was on purpose to meet that woman, right? To meet the woman at the well, it was on purpose. It just didn't, by, by chance, by happenstance, by just, you know, oh, oh God, or, no, God ordained that, but He put a purpose and a drive in Jesus to go over and do that. How would Jesus know that? Because He spent time with God. 
We say because Jesus was the Son of God. No, He is, but you're the Son of God, the daughter of God, the child of God. Also, you have the same Spirit living in you that Jesus did while He was on this earth. And so you have no excuse not to go into the presence of God and know and let the Spirit of God lead you as He led Jesus on this earth. Y'all believe that? Who holds ourselves back from doing that? I don't hold you back. I hold me back, okay? I'm not raising my hand because I hold you back. I hold me back because of my life and things in my life that I don't want to get rid of. That I don't want to let the Spirit lead me every day as I need to. It's easy on Sunday mornings to pray, Hey, Spirit, Holy Spirit, uh, and I do every, every, every Sunday, okay? I'm in here praying. Not bragging, not any of that. I'm praying for you, all right? That, that the Holy Spirit move in this place freely. And that, that your eyes are open, that, that things can happen in your life. The Holy Spirit does that. Not Mark Carroll. It's the Holy Spirit. But we pray that today, but it's got to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The same Holy Spirit works throughout the rest of the week just as He works here. If you allow Him to. If you let Him work, He will work. And He will move in your life. He will bring people in and and put people to you and show you people you need to talk to and witness to that you didn't think you would have the courage to do, but you do because the Holy Spirit's given you that ability to do that. And your life, the way you live it, will, will show people that they can come talk to you, that they can feel comfortable around you, that they can do these things because they know that you're a child of God. And you have something different than this world to offer. Just as John three sixteen and 17. One of the most famous verses in the Bible. At least 16 is. Jesus came with a purpose. This was His purpose on this earth while He was here. So for God so loved the world, He, he gave His only begotten Son that whoever, whoever believes in Him should not perish but everlasting life. We know that. God sent His Son, Jesus. Jesus had a purpose. He was created through Mary with a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose, while He was here to, have the, to do what God called Him to do. So, for God did not sin. He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world. So He was not here to condemn, but to save. That, that we all through Him may be saved, all of us. No matter what different denominations preach, this right here tells me that everybody has the ability to come to Jesus. No matter what they might say. You have the right and the ability to ask Jesus to forgive you your sins and be Lord of your life and be born again, just as He told Nicodemus. So His purpose is not to condemn, but to save. I was reading some comments the other day on, on Facebook. Somebody had posted something about a book at Walmart that's talking about teenagers trying to find their gender identity and stuff like that. And this homosexual male, and in the comments that I, I don't know, commented on there and was saying that, you know, I don't understand these Christians. You know, they talk about love. I know they're supposed to be all love, but all they want to do is hate and be judgmental and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to comment back, but on that platform, you're really not going to do anything. I mean, you're just going to cause more. more. And, and so, but we all know, and there's there's denominations that call themselves Christians, okay? That, as I heard a couple weeks ago, dare to call themselves Christians that are out there preaching hate speech, and it's not, it's not hate. Jesus never preached hate. He preached love. Now, people don't like the truth preached in, as we preach it in love. It's, it's sure, God hates sin of all kinds. And God, <laughs> God is not condemning anybody to hell. We have no power and authority to condemn anybody to hell. And, and sure, the, the word judge gets thrown into all different terms and, and different things like that, and you, you can't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm seeing how you live your life, and it's against the Word of God. Whether it's homosexuality, whether it's drugs and alcohol, whether it's you know, fornication, adultery of any kind, pornography, it's all sin according to the Word of God. So that's not judging you. That's, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. So whatever they bear. 
So Jesus is not here to condemn, but to save. And He's sharing love. And He's sharing that there is a purpose and a plan for each and every one's life. And if you're a child of God today, then you need to figure out what God has purpose and plan for you. And you're not just here on a whim because Jesus wasn't here on a whim. Why would He, why would he save you just to live the life just, just flawlessly or just flaunting throughout, just aimlessly? No, we have a goal and a purpose, and it's wanting to do His will. And as we talked about the kingdom of heaven, sharing that with others and carrying that forth in our life. So, over in Luke chapter 19. Jesus' purpose would be the final sacrifice so we could be redeemed. That was His purpose. So nobody else is dying. If we die for, G, for, for God's name, we're not anybody else's sacrifice. Okay, It doesn't work that way. Jesus was the only one that could die to save us from all of our sins of this world. But He told Zacchaeus, everybody you know, remember little Zacchaeus that climbed the sycamore tree? In, in Luke chapter nine and verse nineteen, or Luke chapter nineteen and verse nine, excuse me, too many nines right there together. And Jesus said to him, He said to Zacchaeus, "Today salvation has come to this house because he is also the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, this is why he came to seek and save those who were lost. To seek and save those who were lost. That should be our passion. Now that Jesus is Lord of our life, to seek and save those who are lost." Well, they and people, well, they're not going to listen. Well, they're not going to listen, especially if you're not going to say anything. Because if you're not talking, there's nothing to listen to. Well, I can, you know, I believe that I can just live my life and, you know, live it under God and they can see that through that. Sure, they can. They can, but they still need something spoke to them. They still need something said. They still, whatever it is, and that's not condemning them. Hey, you're going to go to hell if you don't change your ways. Well, some of them, they need to hear that, okay? But a lot of them need to hear, hey, man, God loves you. I love you. I'm praying for you. And that right there could melt the, the biggest man's heart to where they can see that God loves them enough to send somebody else to, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, we're, 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 you know, we want to see you, you know, come to church, do this, whatever it is. As, as J.J. was saying this morning, it's the last days. We should be dragging them in, but we don't because we're not living each day on purpose. We're not living with the purpose that God gave us. And, and so that's, that's, that, that was Jesus' mission, to seek and save those who were lost. And that's what He'd done. That's what He'd done. He, he, he went to these places on purpose for a mission that God gave Him. Here in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. I had verse 10 down as the main text and then... Through studying just all these other scriptures, God above that. So we're going to start in verse 1 and read to verse 10. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of different preaching we could do out of this text right here in different, different, different places. Like we said last week, that word you, he wasn't just talking about to the church in Ephesus then. It's still created, or it's still related to you today because this is the living word of God. It's not ever past tense. Okay, because God's now, so His Word of God is now. And so this you, and He made you alive, you, so you're alive, because who were dead in trespasses and sins, which you once walked according to the courts of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, we know that that's Satan, and now work, and, and the Spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God. I always love to see but God in there. Because you can put any situation in life that you're going through right now. And says, but God said this. But God tells me this. But the Bible tells me this because God did this. But Jesus is this. But Jesus is this. So anything in your life you're going through right now, and you can, that looks bad, that looks grim, that just whatever is plaguing your mind and your thoughts, you can say, but God. But God what? But God said, I'm above only. I am the head and not the tail. Right? He says, I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. 
And he said, so, so he, all these things he says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. We know that he sent his son Jesus for us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works lest anyone boast. Listen, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. God was the first tradesman. He was the first one. To have, you say, God had a craft. Yeah, he created everything. And as I said earlier, he created everything perfect. I know my, my trade or my craft was an electrician like J.J. And, um, I mean, sorry, but Jimbo, I was looking at both of you. J.J.'s um, HVAC, mechanical, and different ones in here, you have a trade or a craft. And, and so I can go back to me. And I don't, I don't do it as much anymore. I, I could if I had to. And like Luke, Ben and Conduit. If that thing's, if, if Conduit's exposed, we want the Conduit looking good. Everything's symmetrical. All of our bins look like they're supposed to. 90s line up. And you say, go in Walmart or somewhere with the open ceiling just look up. Because as a tradesman, and I'm sure J.J. does it too, you look up to see, why in the world did they run that duck like that? Doing? It's not even straight. We all do that. Why? Because you, you want to compare yourself with somebody else and make sure see if you're better than they are. And, and you, and you want to be, you take pride in those things. Because why? Because you want it to look good. God took pride in what He created in this world. He took time. And, and then He said, look, this is going to be this and this and this, and we're going to create it perfect. And 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 then then we know sin happened, but he was we're created for his workmanship, for his pleasure. And so when we're born again in Christ, since sin messed up our physical bodies, he's like, let me take what's inside and make that perfect like it needs to be. Let me recreate that. I'm creating them that heart that for me that needs to be there. And and he said, created in Christ Jesus. So we couldn't create it for His workmanship without Jesus. It goes back to John chapter 3, right? He sent His only begotten Son, that through Him we could all be saved. So if we're made perfect in Christ Jesus, then we're created for Him. Then He's recreating what we've messed up. He's recreating what we've done, what we've just done an awful job with and think we can do it on our own each and every day. No, He said, no, you need me. I'm, 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 we're created for His work, which Him created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, so God created these things. He created us. And so just as a craftsman wants his trade and what he does look good, God wants us to look good. Guess what? He wants a body of Christ to look good. Guess what? He wants us that have, have accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. He wants us to live like that every day to where we don't look like a bunch of crazy people at church and out in this world every day and then say we go to church and say Jesus is Lord of our life. And He's like, I, I, I recreated you. I gave you that heart for me, but you're not living that way. Does that make sense? He wants us to live what He's, what he's created here. Just as He planned for man to live and, and be perfect in this world, he, sin messed it up because He gave us all that free will. He gave us all that free choice. And we still have that, but that's why we got to go back. Hey, created me a clean heart. Created me a clean heart. So God's the ultimate craftsman. So this proves right here. He knew exactly what He was doing. He knew exactly the time you were going to come to Him. He knew exactly the time that you were going to give your life to Him. He knew exactly the time that He was going to recreate those things in your life. Created in Him for good works. Romans chapter 8. One of the best chapters in the whole Bible, the whole New Testament anyway. A lot of good stuff in there. Because... We're created in Christ Jesus. 
this is us now, okay? If you're created in Christ Jesus, this, this is you right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good of those that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, all right, we said earlier, He foreknew you before you was in your mother's womb. He knew you. He knew each and every one of us. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, created in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, His workmanship, that we might be the firstborn among many, moreover, whom He's predestined. So we just read, He knew you, foreknew you, He predestined you, He wanted you. He's predestined each and everybody in this world is, is what He wants, okay? There's, there's places that teach where there's only so many. If you're not predestined to be a Christian, you're not going to be one. I think that's a bunch of hogwash. Alright? If you believe on the name of Jesus Christ, and confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that He is Lord, you shall be saved. That's what the Word of God says. Nothing in there is about predestined, some or not. The only, people, the only way, and I said this earlier, that people are not getting saved is because they did not accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they choose not to do that. Alright? Whom he, whom he predestined, He has also called. So you're predestined. You're here. Jesus is Lord of my life. That He's called you for a purpose. Created you for a purpose. Whom He called, He also justified. Justified means in a court of law, any of the sins that were held against you, they cannot hold against you anymore. They're gone. You're justified of those things. They're gone from your life. God said, I choose not to remember them no more. I blot your sins out is what He's done. Then he's called, whom he's called, he's also justified. Whom he's justified, he's also glorified. So he's glorified us. He's glorified us because he's justified us. This goes into, he's sanctified us also. And that sanctification is different than justification. Like I said, justification is, hey, he's forgiven me of my sins. I'm justified through him. I'm sanctified through him, yes, because of the washing of the blood and the washing and, and what he's done for me. But I've got to walk in that sanctification every day. Right? So, so listen, made Jesus Lord of your life, that means He's called you, He's, he's predestined you, He's made you with a purpose, He cre- created in you a clean heart, created you through Christ Jesus when you were born again, and He said, here, this is what you was, this is what I need you to be now. And so we do that, and you say, well, I, I, I still can't see what God wants for me. If there's nothing else, and we've said this a lot, that we can see that God wants us for in our life and has made us for. I said this at the first of it. Jesus talked about to ask Him what are the greatest commandments, right? What are the greatest commandments? And, you know, because of the ten. And He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And to that is love your neighbor as yourself. So if we can get the first one right, then we're going to get the second one right. If we get the first one right, because Jesus said all these hang the law and the prophets, if we can get that first and we can love God with everything and know that He's created in us a clean heart, He's, he's predestined us, he, he made us through Christ Jesus, and He said, here, you've got a purpose, you're created with a purpose, for a purpose, and you're not just here by accident. No, I want you here and I need you here. And, and it's not all to be up here preaching. The Great Commission. I say it a lot. If we don't know anything that God has for us, it's to witness to people each and every day. To carry the love of God with us each and every day. To show the love of God to the lost and dying world every day. That is what we're supposed to be doing. That is what we're purposed to be doing, first and foremost in our life. And, and it's going to take prayer. It's going to take time in prayer, time in the Word, to know exactly what God has for you. I can remember at home being, you know, and... and you know, accepting the, the call to preach, as, as you say. And being there at that time, and then I had, you know, I had felt different things, but it was finally to the point to where I could, what do you want? What do you want? And he said, preach my word. Well, we're all called to preach his word. We're all called for that. Does that mean everybody's called up here? No. You're called to live the life that God's called you to live on purpose. You don't live this Christian life on accident. You can't. If you did, then you're still going to live for the world on purpose and live on Sundays an accidental Christian life. You can't do it. Jesus was here not on accident, on purpose, with a purpose, with a plan, 
And He's called us to be the same way and to live that same life boldly, unapologetically for Him. And that's what we need to do each and every day. So if you want to know what your, what your purpose is in this life and the body of Christ, spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word of God. And then when He reveals that to you, don't shy away from it. Don't run away from it. If you really want to know, and I promise, once you do know and you walk in it, it's be the best thing that's ever happened in your life. The best thing. Because you know you're walking in the will of God. Amen? Amen. We all stand this morning. Just as he told Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. Today is why I say this every week. Today is the day of salvation. Because you're not going to know your purpose and your plan in the body of Christ and what he has for you until you make Jesus order your life. If you keep running from him, if you made Jesus order your life and you keep walking away and trying to live both sides of the fence, we all know what God says he does with lukewarm, right? He spits it out. He spits it out. So we don't want to be, we definitely don't want to be cold, but we want to be hot. We want to be flaming hot for Jesus. Why? Because through those fire, through, through that, as it heats up, we know that it can be shaped, it can be molded, it can be made into what God wants it to be. So that's how we need to live our life. That's what we need. So as the music plays this morning, ask the Holy Spirit right now. <laughs>